0: How many of you know that every one of us have good days and bad days? Every one of us do. Doesn't really matter what our journey is that, I've often said, and I I hope you understand the means by which I express it, how many of you have faith in God? Is it all right if I say with a small f, I also know a dedicated enemy and I sorta have faith in him that he's gonna come? and he's gonna challenge us, right? And that's kind of the subject of this morning, a direction for us. What do we do when that happens? I wanna be as practical as I can today, and I trust the Spirit of the Lord will give us, as the Scripture says, especially in the Revelation, he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. Let's pray. Father, with delight I approach this special place, standing, Lord, in the very place where you have placed me, a calling, Lord, to speak your word. God, I I believe the word should be serviceable. Father, may you anoint us not only speak, but to hear a word, Lord, food that is serviceable to us, especially as we seek, Lord, to be obedient in the last day. Be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 103 is believed to be written in the latter part of David's life when he was elderly. The psalmist king, we knew him early as a shepherd. We knew all the victories of his life as a young man. My goodness, he was anointed when a bear and a lion both came against his flock, and we know him as the giant slayer under the anointing of God. Listen, God can do anything, and I thank God that he helps us also. This young man knew him in that kind of power. And then, later on, he also knew something about sin, because David also, had fallen prey to the enemy. He had known the sorrows and all that come with sin. He has known the torment. He has experienced the shame, the guilt that's inside that Satan uses to stir against our soul and spirit. He had experienced as a king public humiliation. Can you imagine? However, I'm here to say he also knew the forgiveness of a merciful God. How many of you are glad God's merciful? How many of you needed saving more than once? How many of you have needed saving a hundred times? How many of you have needed saved several hundred times? You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? If you truly know the power of the gospel, where you're changed and you try to live a good life, Satan will come after you've given your heart to God and try to take your spiritual feet out from under you. And the earlier he can do that, the better. Talk a little bit about that later. He knew this merciful God. He also knew the price and the cost of his own personal redemption, what it cost God to save his soul. David also was human, he had turmoil in his household. I think sometimes we look at Bible characters and think that they're some kind of canonized beyond us, but I wanna tell you, all the people you read about were as human as you and I had all the human frailties and all the same experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, our religion, which is really not a religion, it's a relationship. It's not just philosophical. It's not just psychological. It's not just ideology. It is absolute, practical relationship living with the God of our eternal creation. I don't know just about God. Aren't you glad you know God? (laughs) There's a big difference. Here's the turmoil in his household. David knew what it was through the years that he wrestled with the demands and the pressures of running and leading, if you will, and if you can imagine, a nation. He knew the responsibilities of following and obeying God and its its blessings, and he knew the disobedience of God and all that Satan and sin brings. So. I wanna read some words David gave us today. What would a man with that kind of experience, that kind of notoriety, that kind of living in a sense in a transparent fishbowl, if you will, all the ups and downs, what does this older saint, what does he write to us? To put emphasis on it today, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. We're gonna read a few verses and I think we'll just read it together. I want you to read audibly with me. I'll kind of lead us. I think it's on visibility on the screen. Let's read Psalm 103, verses one through five. Ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, God, for your word. Amen. You may be seated. I wanted us to read it because we tend to take it more personal when we read it for ourselves. David, in Psalm 103, speaks to his own inmost being, his soul, his spirit. We know the spirit is the God part. The soulless realm is our mind, our will, our emotions, our affections, all those things put together with the spirit that we know as our personalities, our personage. He writes a discipline to his own soul. David says, soul of mine, if you will, I command you to bless the Lord. He's in charge of what his soul and spirit experience. David tells his soul, soul, Praise God. Soul worship, the source of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, that which we just saw David in his discipline, not only did he do that in his day, it is important for you and I to do in this late day as well. If you're listening this morning in the sanctuary or online, if you're listening and you do not have a relationship with God, I think it is important that we ask one of the most, if not the most important question we'll ever ask ourselves, our soul, our spirit within ourselves, and that is this How important is it for me to secure my eternity for my soul and my spirit? We are all, ladies and gentlemen, traveling, traveling a terrestrial ball, and we, I want to say it again, I, I found it from a guy years ago by the name of Richard Desjardins. He said these words, because I love it, it puts life, I believe, in a right perspective. He says this, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. That's what the world thinks. We're human beings having a spiritual experience. He went on to correct it and say, we are spirit beings that will live forever, having for a while a human experience. James says that we're a vapor and we have about three score and 10 around 70 years. And so I call our life our vapor time. It is extremely important right now in your vapor time, if you will, that you ask that question and get your eternity settled today. For I believe the time is at hand. So for my spirit, I want us to learn this discipline especially unbelievers, but we believers also. Three things I want to consider quickly. Bless the Lord because of what I'm calling the common plight of humanity or man. The common plight of man. When you arrive at Psalm 103, David is discouraged. David is aware of his surroundings. Things are not going like he would like for it to go. He is involved under pressure. He is carrying burdens of his people, a nation. Can you imagine the pressure? David also sees his world at this writing similar to what we see today, where men's hearts are failing them for fear, where questions abound, and where we see the very rudiments of everything we know and believe in a state of change and in a state of question. And David has all these years of experience Let me take you back to even as a young musician when he played in a harp in his young years. He writes, he sings. I want to take you back if you want to turn to the 12th Psalm of David. Even when he was young, listen to what he writes. He writes literally, help me Lord, for the godly man ceases. I want to read these, and I want you to compare it to today. This is chapter 12, Psalm. David, in his young years, he writes, verse 1 of 12, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone, with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double tongue they speak. Listen to what David prayed. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips. He's praying God silence those who speak in the negative. Watch this, and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, watch what they said in David's day. These leaders, they were affecting the life of the nation. They said, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Can you see the arrogance of humanity in those words? David is experiencing similar things to us. But here, he points out a tendency of the human heart. He points the tendency of the fallen human heart nature. And that is this, unless there's a purposeful discipline, we have a tendency, ladies and gentlemen, to backslide. We let the pressures of this world and all the things of demand put us in a place to where God is not on the throne every day, to where he's not the center of everything and where it affects us in a negative way. I just want to share with you, I've been a pastor for 44 years. Ladies and gentlemen, I can declare to you in truth, it is easy for us to become downcast. The truth is your neighbors sitting before you, behind you, and beside you often struggle with depression. Depression. There isn't anybody in this room that hadn't been through. If you are, you're an extreme exception and probably proved the rule. But I will tell you, many, many people, if not all of us, understand that we sometimes are depressed and we have doubt and we wonder about what's gonna happen. We all go through that. And, and, in, and if you go to the 80th chapter of Psalm, Asaph, who wrote a psalm, In chapter eight, or verse eight of that 80th Psalm, he gives us as a picture of Israel in the Old Testament and a picture of the New Testament church, and he calls Israel and the church a vine or a vineyard. It is the planting of God and what God has designed to come and flourish. But I want you to know when men do not follow God and nations do not follow God and, and the, the Israel did not follow God and even when the Christian doesn't follow God, ladies and gentlemen, we put ourselves in peril. In, cha- in verse 8 of 80, there's that picture in verses 12 and 13. It shows, and it's on your screen. You can see it, I hope. As some walk through, they begin to pick the leaves, which eventually destroys the vine and the fruit from these vines, and even the wild boars uproot the vines, This is a picture. God said, I brought you, Israel, out of Egypt. He says to the New Testament church, I brought you out of sin. I've planted you. But if you leave my protection and you do not follow me, you bring upon yourselves destruction. Folks, mom, dad, young people, this picture tells us That when we allow ourselves to be discouraged, when we allow ourselves to become disobedient, and we have this this plight of the human heart to begin to backslide, we actually shut down God's blessings toward us. Because if we're doubting, we're not believing. If we're struggling, we are not faithing it. And we can get in a place. Listen, I I I believe probably every born again believer under the sound of my voice, whether in this sanctuary or online, I believe we have all, in a sense, as believers, got in a place before where we can we can get to a place of disgust of self. How many of you know that when you know you fail God, you? You, you, you sense it deeply. And we've all been there. And David is witnessing a tendency of humanity and a tendency deep within himself. And so he cries out in a spiritual discipline, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And I love this. He said, bless his holy name. How many of you know we've been called into holiness? And how many of you know that when we fail, Satan makes us feel anything but holy? And so we call my soul. David says, my soul. Bless his name and bless his holy name. (laughs) David knows his inner self and his inner way. He knows it well. So do we. He prays and this is a psalm he sings. Let me try to paraphrase it. God knows I will do nothing to negate or diminish the word of God. But here's what David, I believe, is saying in his song, Psalm 103. David, how many of you have ever heard of self-talk? How hey, many of you know we talk to ourselves all the time? I used to kind of enjoy it and make fun of it. I know what every one of you did this morning. I know what every one of you, the first thing you did this morning. And people look at you like, what? And the truth of it is, even before you got out of bed, probably before you ever moved, you know what you did? The minute you came out of a sleep, you start talking to yourself. Well, oh, I'm going to get up and go to church and hear the best looking preacher in the world. I just know that's what you thought. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. I saw some of you. I, we talk to ourselves. Self-talk is is every day. We have this this dialogue. And let me just tell you this, if you and God doesn't control self-talk, Satan will. And let me just tell you this, the voice you listen to the most is the one that's gonna win the battle that day. That's why, renew me. David said, every morning I renew his word. Fresh every morning, your word's to me, God. David is saying and singing, David, don't you forget what God has done for you all these years. David, don't you forget that from which God has forgiven you. David, don't you forget the things and all the times when God has healed your soul and healed your body. David, don't you dare forget that God has redeemed and protected your life. Listen, the truth is a lot of us wouldn't be here if God hadn't spared our lives. there have been several occasions when God has kept me here. David, don't you forget his blessings. Don't you ever forget his mercies. Don't you forget the bountiful joys he has given you in a wife, in children, in grandchildren, in position, in a place. Don't you forget all the things God has done for you in the commonness of life. David, don't you forget how many times God has picked you up and dusted you off and said, come on, David, let's go on. How many of you identify with that? Anybody here ever struggles with having to ask God to help you with the same sin? I know you won't raise your hand, that's okay. Church, let's face it. When things don't go our way, they have a way of interrupting our spirit and our soul. They have a way of changing our attitude and changing our perspective. Let me just be transparent this morning. I, I think, listen, I confess my sin to you all the time. One of these days, I'm going to put you up here and let you confess yours to me. <laughs> I bet the crowd would be big that day. I, I I, I come to the Lord, and I just get full of the presence of God, and I, I just... God, I'm so overwhelmed with your majesty and your love and I'm just, I'm full of forgiveness and mercy and I love everything and everybody and it's euphoric and I can turn around 10 minutes later and somebody pull in front of me and hit that break and my whole attitude and perspective goes haywire. Amen. How many of you understand the term haywire? Well, I was raised on a farm. See me CMEF church, I'll give you the Greek for it. <laughs> just, and I've told you before, I, I, I'm just, I'm here. I, Lord, I just left church. And boom, right in front of me. And my wife goes, they can't hear you and I don't want to hear it. And then she's not willing to minister either. Thank you, Sister Brooks. I just. Is it not unbelievable how Satan can come in just the commonness of a moment and totally rob us? and we have this tendency, this backslide? Well, I'm sure I have a friend left in the house, maybe. (laughs) It is a common plight, ladies and gentlemen, of which we are familiar. Here he is, David, once a common man, just a kid, and God had an anointing on him and a calling for his life. Now he has been forgiven. He is a king with the pressures of living. He is the king with responsibilities. And now in a day when his nation is losing its faith, when he examines his plight, David says, come on, my soul. Come on, my spirit. Bless the Lord and bless his holy name and forget not all. His benefits. Folks, when the church in our world is struggling, when the world would scorn the gospel of our Savior, it is easy to allow Satan to place his lie in us and look around at all the things we see. I wanna tell you, if you're on the internet and television and radio and all that today, I wanna tell you, God needs to anoint you because I'll tell you what, that stuff will take you down in a heartbeat. And you'll think the whole world hates everybody and each other. Well, I wanna tell you, the true body of Christ doesn't hate each other. It's amazing. When you see all that, it's easy to hear Satan lie to us and say that God is passive. God doesn't care. But I want to declare this morning the very opposite is true. Say that with me. The opposite is true. Say it with me again. The opposite, is true. opposite is true. Generation 2021, 20, hear me. Young people, mom, dad, grandparents. I declare to you this morning, the God I serve is still very much in control of all his benefits. And like a father pitieth his children, God looks on us, and even in the worst mistakes we make, ladies and gentlemen, God is in control of his benefits. And like I'm reminded of the old prophet a few Pages later, Habakkuk, in his day, his world was in shambles. And you know what this prophet said? He looked up to God and he said, God, do you not see this? Have you in the last 16, 18 months kind of in your own spirit say, God, do you not see this? My little mom turned 94 last Monday and I went to Paul's Valley and had a little birthday party with her with my siblings. 94 years old. She talks about the things of God. Several weeks ago, she said, son, I need to tell you something. The Lord woke me up while I was sleeping, and he whispered to me, you remember in the scripture when I said, in the last days, a perilous times shall come. She said, son, he spoke to me and said, he has released the perilous times to bring it to an end. Now, if that were a four year old, that'd be different. But a 94 year old who has followed the Lord, let me tell you, I'm a son, but I, I went, oh my. It's, it's amazing. Oh, Habakkuk said, God, do you not see? This old prophet went on, he said, Lord, have you not considered? Have you not considered? And he, you know what? God answered him. What I was going to tell you about mom, we talk about all this. And she said, oh, my son, that's what we see. That's what we know. And she said the words, can you imagine what God sees? And you know what God said to Habakkuk when he said, do you not see? Do you not consider? He said, I have seen it all, but I am in control still. I want you to turn to a neighbor, a friend, a husband, a wife, or a cousin, or a total stranger, and I want you to say, God is in control still. Today, we hear the word, I can hear it, I can hear it online in the sanctuary. Pastor. If God is control, why this? Why this, Lord? If Pastor, you say God is in control still. Why this? Why that? The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is this: Bless the Lord, saints. Bless the Lord, parents. Bless the Lord, grandparents. Bless the Lord, students. Bless the Lord, children. Bless the Lord, pastors. Romans 8 says, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, not for everybody, but those who love the Lord, who are the called and live according to his will and his purpose. Believer, if we are struggling, as I know some of us are, We're human beings. I fear for my nation. I see the judgment coming. I know the prophecies that are very much. Do you know over a third of the Bible is prophetic? The only religious writing that there is that there prophesies the future. No No other religion does that. God tried to tell us that he has a plan and he's working it. And it's not to scare us. It's to encourage us. So if we're seeing all this happen and we're struggling with this planet and this plight of humanity, remember this, you are a child of God. And that's the reason Christ calls us to communion ever so often. And that's the reason we come here Sunday after Sunday that in the midst of all this plight of the human heart to, to doubt and to disbelieve and to backslide, every Sunday we ought to have a new saving conscience. Of the fact that God is still in control of all the benefits. Of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know you're thinking that's three points and that one was long. The rest two are short. Second reason is this bless the Lord because of God's deeds. I just talked about all these benefits. Don't miss this. At a time, it is time to recall all the things David is saying all the things that God has used to bring us closer to himself. I got saved when I was five years old. If I told you how many times I've sinned since then, we couldn't count it. Can I tell you something? God has forgiven me every time. You know why? Because my heart's repentant. My heart's repentant. Do you have any idea, ladies and gentlemen, everything that God has done during your lifetime to keep you close to himself? Do you know how many times my God has arranged circumstances for me to keep me in the household of faith? In the Song of Solomon, there's something interesting to note that you understand the bride and the groom. And the bride, for a while, purposely stayed away from the groom for a little while. Tried to rethink the relationship. And if you'll read it, you'll find that she became extremely conscious of the absence of her fiance. And read the end of the song. In the last chapter, you'll find a wedding Ladies and gentlemen, God absolutely, unequivocally loves us. And he will follow us, and he will woo us, and he will draw us, and he will convict us, and he will teach us, and he will keep us by every means available. These are the deeds of God. Don't forget that it's not just Blessings, we know it's a million deeds of God that has kept us in the household of faith. Thirdly, bless the Lord because of a personal reason. I'm going to run through this, just listen. First of all, verse three said, who forgives us? I wanna remind you that the whole purpose of the coming of Christ was to be an atonement, make an atonement. I trust you know the discipleship word enough that it means that he came to be at one with us, at one with us, at one with us. Sir, ma'am, individual, I wanna tell you something. I know John three sixteen said he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but I want to tell you something. He has saved every one of us personally. Think about that a minute. We're not wholesale. If you're a wholesale Christian, well, I believe in God, I believe in the Bible. Well, so does Satan, but he's not saved. I adjure you, you're there today, and you go, well, I've never heard that. I hear it all the time. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. I believe in all that, but you better do something with it because it's your invitation to get eternity lined up. Wow. Atonement. Then he said, he forgives my iniquities. Prepare to be uncomfortable for just a minute. Iniquities in the heart. It's the first step of sin, but I want to tell you, The process of sin is iniquity, the thought, the spirit, the soul, the thought in the heart. Then we decide, we make a decision, it's called transgression, we miss the marker, we decided to cross it, that's step two. And then what we call sin is the actual action. Can I tell you the last part of the action is a foregone conclusion when the heart and the decision's made. But that iniquity shows up even after Here's what this is. This is not just another word for sin. When you read it, the word iniquity is not just another word for sin. It is an aggravated sin. It is sin that you recognize that has been a part of you. It is a sin that you do not want to commit, but you find that you have succumbed to it. And there's a backsliding again an iniquity can I give you good news this morning one of the benefits of God is he has forgiven you again I wish you could I wish you could uh, go in my office sometime and hear are the, the hearts that I hear sometimes. Pastor, how can God forgive me? And I will tell you this, we do need to learn that if God forgives us, we have to forgive ourselves. Because it's no longer we that live, it's Christ that lives in us. I must go on He said forgiveness, atonement, iniquities. He said healing. I realize this was more in the soul and spirit realm when David speaks it, but how many of you know that God's a healer? I wasn't gonna take time to do this, but I am. This is an article from a book I have, and it's rather personal to me. I know this author, and I know the subject of which he speaks, and some of you will too. I just read it very quickly. Have you ever heard a healing take place? I have. Did you hear it? Have you ever heard a healing take place? I have. A matter of fact, I was telling my staff here just a few weeks ago about this. I listened to an audio tape of a man by the name of Dwayne Miller teaching a Sunday school class from the text of Psalm 103 at the First Baptist Church in Brenham, Texas on January 17, 1993. He was permanently retired three years prior to the ministry because of a virus which penetrated the myelin sheath around the nerves of the vocal cords, reducing his speech to a raspy whisper. He experienced firsthand the distress of what's called here in Psalm 103. Teaching this class, that day, with a special microphone resting on his lips, he reaffirmed his belief in divine healing and that miracles had not ended in the book of Acts. Listening to the tape, which I have, listening to the tape, at times you can barely understand his weakly spoken, wheezy words of faith. The miracle happened in one of the verses when he said, I have. Had and you have had times, past pit experiences. And on the word pit, Duane's life changed. The word was clear as a bell. In contrast to the imperfect enunciation of the preceding word, past, he paused. He started again, startled, and stopped. He said a few more words, all in a normal clear tone, and stopped again. And the Sunday school class erupted with shouts of joy, astonishment, and sounds of weeping. God had completely healed him as he was declaring the truth of the psalm. Two years after that, I had Dwayne Miller in this church, in our old building. If you've been here very long, you have heard a healing. It was unbelievable. We heard him speak. They played the cassette tape. I want to tell you something. God is still God. God can heal us physically. Thank God he can heal us spiritually. David went on and said he redeems me. Quickly it means he set me free from where I was in a sin debt to no debt. The word redeems means he has set me free of the cost or the price. Thank God he paid it, amen? And then I love this one and I'll be through. He, he said he crowns us. Look in that verse when we talked about, we read it. It actually takes us back to verse one. He crowns us. Please don't miss this. The third word is bless the Lord. The word Lord is capitalized. It's capitalized for a reason. Because if you go back to the original language, you'll find that the word capital L Lord refers to the covenant God named Jehovah. Yahweh was the creator God. Jehovah was the covenant God. That means he established a relationship with humanity. Did you get it? a relationship, covenant-keeping God. He did not establish that covenant with the Moabites or the Amorites or any of the Ite brothers. (laughs) He didn't do that. And listen, God's not a respecter of person. This wasn't wasn't God loves Israel more than anybody else. As a matter of fact, he called them to be the example nation, which means they had a greater responsibility. And for 14, 15 covenants through the Old Testament, they blew it every time. That's why eventually from the Genesis 3 all the way, you'll read, that lamb finally came and he gave his life. John the Baptist baptized him and he said, for the first time in human history since Genesis 3, he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Do you not think it would have been a privilege to announce the lamb had finally come to the earth and he's going to pay for your sin? He crowns us, no wonder we call him capital L Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, all these benefits, all these benefits, because we're part of the New Testament church, all of it is for you and for me. We are the church, we are his people. It's personal. So I'm gonna close, what's our response? I don't know what your situation is today, but I can tell you that we serve a covenant-keeping God. I'm telling you, I know some things about some of you rascals. Aren't you glad? Listen, I do believe confidentiality does exist. Thank God it exists somewhere. And David, his older days, tells us Here's your response. Bless the Lord and be subject to him. Generation 2021. 20, Let me remind you of this quickly. Jesus in the New Testament healed 10 lepers. These people were outcast. They were considered unclean. They were the rejects of society. Their bodies were covered with the horrendous oozing and they were infectious. As a matter of fact, read it through all the history. They were, allowed, they were made to stay sequestered, or what do you call it when you put a... Quarantined. quarantined. yeah, we know that word, don't we? Yes. Quarantined, out of society in the junkyard. They weren't allowed to move among society. We know something about plagues today, a little bit. Jesus healed 10 of those men. And watch this, not that it was bad. Do you know nine of them immediately saw their their bodies healed and they ran, they ran <laughs> to hear a priest to the ceremonial law of that day to hear a priest say you're clean. Jesus had already said he's the high priest. He said be healed. He had pronounced them clean. But one came back and gave him thanks. You know why? Because it was personal and it was from the heart. And he said, thank you. How many of you are thankful God has washed your sins away? There's another thing left, a couple, quickly. He satisfies, listen, God knows how to take care of us. And lastly, he renews. The spirit and the soul has promises. Saints, in this day and time, let us bless thee, when we're in the midst of the plight of the human soul to be discouraged and doubt. Secondly, when we forget all the deeds, how many times God has helped us and helped us and blessed us and enlightened us and sent his spirit to woo us and draw us and sent people to keep us back on the road, keep somebody to get us out of the blindness or get our diaper out of the mud, whatever you want to call it. God has done so many things to help us and he does it all personal. <laughs> I don't think it should be hard for us to bless the Lord. I know things that are transpiring in lives this morning. I want you to stand with me. I love the word, don't you? I love the word. There's some healing that needs to be done in this house this morning. I felt the spirit of the Lord speak to me about that when I put this message together. First of all, I want you to bow your heads. Those of you that are online, those in the sanctuary, if you're here and you do not know this Lord, if you're not in relationship with him, this is your opportunity to let the spirit of the Lord that woos you and draws you because he loves you so personally. Perhaps the Holy Spirit's tapped you on the shoulder today and he said, come to me. Weary, heavy laden, rich, poor, bond-free, male, female, come to me. And you wanna to come to him. With heads bowed, eyes closed, raise your hand quickly. I'll pray for you right where you are. Anywhere in this sanctuary. You're not in relationship with the Lord. And the Spirit of God moves you. You that are online, let's pray a prayer of salvation. Pray with me. Father in heaven, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize, Lord, I have a sin debt. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe and confess that he died for my sin. And I come in humility and repentance to place my sin and my life under the flow of the fountain that is the blood of Christ, to redeem me. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing me. Thank you for washing me. Thank you, Lord, for knowing that the weight of sin is off my shoulder. And Lord, I confess not only you as my Savior, but now my Lord. God, by your Spirit and your help, help me follow you rest of my days, use my life, Lord, in its remaining. Thank you, Lord, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us online, please go to our website and push That's Me. We'll communicate with you about your new birth